Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. I hope everything's going well for you today. You know, I I, I think just before we started the show, I was saying, nah, you know, it's kind of weird in the news cycle. Not a lot of stuff going on. But actually, as, as you look at it, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, it's like watching <laughs> a pot of water boil, but I'm seeing the little bubbles yes. before the big ones go boop in it. Yeah. Uh, and after a while, into a big the, boiling pot. the bubbles get bigger and bigger as it gets hotter and hotter. No, I know exactly what you're saying. The news cycle is is really kind of crazy. And um, I, I wanted to start things off, if I could, uh, mm-hmm. with Colleen Jean-Pierre. Uh, oh, yes. I thought this was an interesting little uh, faux pas that she made yesterday. I want, I want to play this for you and see mm-hmm. whether you pick up what she said. Listen. This Sunday, the president will speak about the fight to secure women's fundamental right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. She will talk about what's at stake for millions of women across the country and most importantly, the need for Congress to codify the protections of Roe into law. Okay, did you, you heard what she said, right? Did, yeah, did the you president, pick- and she's talking about a speech that Kamala's going to do. Yeah, she gets her marching orders not from mm-hmm. the president, but from the handlers for the president's office or the Democratic Party, which means she did a telltale. Now people are saying, "Oh, it was a mistake." She didn't no. mean to say president when she was referring to Carmela. But I'm thinking this, you know, a lot of stuff is happening right now. Uh, a lot of bad stuff. They're pointing a lot of fingers at Joe. And you, mm-hmm. you wonder whether maybe uh, between now and su- was it Sunday that she was talking about? Uh, Sunday. Yeah. You wonder whether something is going to change in the executive office uh, branch of like the United tomorrow. States. You, like to, tomorrow. Like tomorrow. Or maybe today, Bill. Maybe this afternoon. Who knows? Well, now, what was it a, a week or two ago when we, when all of this was coming out in the news? I think I mentioned that uh, I give it, uh, I think I gave it. 30 to 90 days, and he would be gone. The only doubt that I have is, let's say they put a deal together. They said, Mr. President, uh, we're going to let you and Hunter skate if you resign. You're causing us too much grief and too much of a distraction. So if you resign, we will work a a situation out where we won't uh, go after you. We will uh, just let you live in retirement and call it a day. You can pull a Richard Nixon. But I don't think... That the, the American uh, gu- public will let that slide. Well, that too, but I don't think the guys in the uh, House of Representatives, Jim Jordan, for example, I don't think he'll stop his investigations. I, I think they'll get hotter and hotter. I don't think they control the House of Rep- Representatives. And I think the House of Representatives right now ha- would have too much to lose if they agreed to a deal. What do you think? Well, the Democrats want to save face. They want to get back into power. And if you look at everything going on, CNN has been... They're big bullhorn for the, the past several years of everything, the, the de- denying the election, going after Trump, mm-hmm. you know, everything, Russiagate, everything that was all BS. And all of a sudden, CNN just, they dropped everything and they yeah. turned yeah. on the Biden crime story and went after that yesterday. And they're going after, th- after everything about Biden, full tilt, which is better late to the party than never. I you, still don't trust CNN, but... You said something interesting before we started the show, something I hadn't picked up on. You said something about Hunter and the Chinese. Apparently, during this investigation, 
we know Hunter's history and problems with drugs. You know, he was in the Navy mm-hmm. and he got thrown out of the Navy crack pipe. You got it. Rented a car, left his crack pipe in there. He had no visible source of income, yet he could pay a rent of $50,000 a month. You know, and but that's that's the whole different thing. While he was at the residence, mm-hmm. whoever owns it, you know, because that's a tax thing there that nobody knows and they don't want to say nor nor report the income. But it's now known that Hunter, when Chinese businessmen, and we know that the people that Joe did business with was a front for uh, Chinese espionage. Mm-hmm. They were in the house. Hunter would pass out. And that left those Chinese businessmen all alone. Did they sit there at the table drinking coffee? waiting for Hunter to come to? Or did they go through boxes and documents that are willy-nilly everywhere in that house in boxes, laying out on the floor in a closet that Joe said, well, they were safely secured, which, you know, he lies about everything, and evidence shows different. I mean, Joe had to have his attorneys go in that didn't have any special clearance. And, you know, a special clearance doesn't mean a damn thing. I heard something interesting about them. They were White House attorneys. And I heard that this was from um, Kosh Patel, I believe. But uh, he said that they weren't Joe's personal attorneys. They were attorneys for the office of the presidency. And Mm -hmm. he said there's a difference. They protect, their job is to protect the office of the presidency, not the president himself personally. He has his own lawyers for that. So some people were saying, why was it, for example, that a $2,500 an hour uh, White House lawyer was going through the uh, uh, Biden, uh, Penn Biden uh, offices, looking through the closets, trying to find what was in the closet, you know, for $2,500 an hour. You could have hired somebody for a lot less to do that search. And they said it was because they were protecting the office of the presidency, not Joe. That's why when they found stuff, they presented it to the Department of of Justice as opposed to uh, just uh, telling Joe. Because Joe would have said, Joe would have said, box them back up, bring them over here, and don't tell anybody, you know. Yeah, you got to wonder what was in those documents. And we, we won't know for the next eon. They said they were about the Ukraine and Iran. That's all yeah. they've said. Now, how would they know that unless they read those? Now, we were told all the attorneys that worked for Joe were only allowed to, if they saw that it was marked classified, they didn't open it and read it. They just secured them and, and, and turned them in. Yeah, but they found a lion's share of these documents before the midterms and they were hush hush about it. So I think the FBI, you know, they Mm. knew that Joe was a criminal. I think there was an undertow of an investigation that this guy is a fricking crook and his whole family is. And there's a been a big investigation and it was going on. They just had to keep a lid on it. We let this yada, yada, yada in the White House on a fraudulent election. We know that, mm-hmm. that the election was rigged. We know that William Barr lied from the Freedom of Information Act. When he, he sure said, did. Oh, there was 
there was an investigation into election fraud, and we found no fraud. Uh, update, dateline. Yep. Uh, now it turns out he lied. There was no investigation. He lied, and the news was very happy with that and reported that. And so you and I were right-wing idiots, conspiracy theorists, and uh, election deniers. Well, all I can tell you, friends, is we've learned something from Bill Barr, and that's it. That's He's a liar. These guys cannot be trusted. Uh, and I hope President Trump has learned, too, if he gets back into the White House. He was, he was too trusting of a lot of people. I mean, I watched Bill Barr speak when he was attorney general. I thought, boy, there's a guy who's on our side. He's a fighter. He's on our side. And, and like the flip of a switch, he changed in a heartbeat when the January 6th fiasco uh, happened. He turned on Trump like you wouldn't believe. I don't know whether you know, these people ever have uh, any justice you know, for lying like they have. I, I, I don't know whether they just are allowed to do what they have done, but it seems almost criminal for them to have done what they did to a president. You well, know? I, I think Barr in his second life is going to become an author. I mean, you heard, you know, from uh, uh, the Chinese guy that wrote The Art of War. He did The Art of yeah, War. Sen Se, was it Sen Su or something like Sen that? Sen Su, yeah, yeah. A lot of business people use that. Sure. So he did The Art of War. Trump did The Art of the Deal. I guess, um, you know, Barr could do The Art of the Lie along with Joe and yeah. Steele. They could do The Art of the Steel, The Art of the Lie. By the way, oh, um, Trump is a big follower of that book, The Art of War. Uh, he He's read it, and he knows how it works. Now, I do believe, like I said, he's too Have trusted. you ever read it? No, I have not. Have you? Yes, I have, and I'm trying to see if I have it here. Too, uh, too much to paraphrase into. Am but, I correct uh, in, in saying that he, he looks at war from a totally different uh, angle that a lot of generals looked at, look at? Yep, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Um, yeah. yeah it, is, it is amazing how he thinks of, like, that five moves ahead analogy. He thinks that way. He thinks around corners, this guy. And I think Trump has followed that approach. And now I hope that he's learned and is more selective when it comes to his staff uh, should he get back into the presidency. But I'm still of the belief that no matter how good he is and no ma matter how many people vote for this guy— He's not going to win because they still, the opposition, the other side, the corruption still owns the election system right now. They have a way of stealing elections, and they've had it for probably 20, 30 years. I think Hillary's was a uh, miscalculation. They were surprised that their system didn't work for her, but uh, it, it worked uh, beautifully for Joe. I mean, Joe was in his basement for most of the campaign, and he still won. How do you get How do you get seventy five or eighty million votes by campaigning from your basement when you are as much of a dolt as this guy is? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, you know, this weekend, this weekend, I I, I do believe that uh, you know, with uh, what was said by uh, Kareem, mm -hmm. it could be a telltale, uh, and uh, there could be a deal coming uh, because of everything that's going on. Uh, with with Hunter, with uh, with Joe, with uh, the documents, at some point in time they got to cut their losses. Yeah, and the losses are if the Democratic Party is to survive, 
they got to cut their dead weight. They may not like Kamala. I don't like Kamala. But even Kamala seems to know something. She was at the, um, well, what was it, the uh, the Golden uh, Star Warriors. They Golden, were a, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, the Golden State Warriors. Well, it said Star, but State. Yes. Okay. But either way, and, and the news clipping that I read said Star. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not the sports aficionado, but they were at a, a photo op for them. Yeah. Joe was there. Kamala was there. The team was there. And uh, Joe said, well, let's take a knee for the flag. And oh, my gosh. Nobody did, but Joe's sitting there in the photo op, down on his knees, smiling, looking and at the camera. Carmella and everyone's kind of looking down at him like, what, what idiot is this? And Kamala's like, mm -mm, no. You know, and wow. I'm not saying she's a good person, but she did pull the right move there by saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Because you got to think, every action that you take yep. sends a signal. What signal would you want to send Right there at that hey, moment in time. But what has he done in his entire presidency that has been pro-American? I ask you, from the Afghan war to the border to our involvement in Ukraine, what has he done? You know, I think we've talked about this before, but I heard it mentioned again in, in a little more seriously this time that we're running out of our own weapons in this country for our own troops because we're sending mm -hmm. more and more of our equipment that we need to the Ukraine. Yesterday I saw a video of buses of uh, Ukrainian soldiers arriving in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, to be trained on the Patriot anti-rocket uh, missile, missile system. What the hell are we training them? Now, the Patriot missile system is not the most advanced new system we got, but it is, well, I'm not going to say it's the most new system. It's still a very advanced system, right? And one that is envied by a lot of countries around the world. Sure. Let's take some of our best stuff and uh, show these guys how to use it, just in case they ever have to take us on. Sure, and give it to them too. Because, with all due respect, there are stones throw away from losing the war to the Russians. And if that happens, who will have access to all that information? The Russians. Yeah, by the way, yeah. you, you mentioned that there was a helicopter crash. In the yeah, Ukraine. there was a crash yesterday morning. Uh, it was by, I guess, a nursery or some kind of school. It was in a, the fog and everything. Uh, I believe 14, I, I don't have the story in front of me, 14 people killed with the Ministry of Defense, uh, some other top Ukrainian officials that happened to be involved with that uh, bad attack that was on Russia that they carried out, and they were all killed, along with uh, an innocent little girl that was in the helicopter. Oh, gosh. Wow. You know, and they're investigating. They don't know if it was weather-related or foul play. There was no mention of foul play, but you know, that will be the story that comes out later today as a distraction and an excuse to help out the Ukrainians. You yeah. know, and I even question why the little girl was in the, the helicopter with all these top officials, unless that they were, you know, going to use her as somewhat of a... Uh, a shield for a story, you know, uh, to where they could sit uh, there. They didn't know that was going to happen, obviously. But well, it's just they—they they are. Um, they're not telling us the whole story. You notice how the Ukraine falls off the uh, news cycle for a while. I mean, it becomes quiet. We think it's quiet. We think nothing's happening. But yet the war rages on in the Ukraine, and we're not being told the whole story. Uh, we're being told selected snippets now. Little tiny things come along. Last week, we had Zelensky in uh, in town, or is it the week before last? 
you would have thought that was uh, ancient history now. And by the way, you well, know that's with every story. And Bill, uh, he came into he came into our capital looking like he was there to change a light bulb. He came in in khakis and a sweatshirt. He looked like a bum when he came to speak to Congress. But you know that when he goes to the World Economic Forum, he dresses up nice. He he suits up in the best suit and nice tie, and he looks like a a head of state. But when he came to speak to us. When we, he's supposed to be coming hat in hand, he looked like Fidel Castro on his worst day. You know, well, Castro yeah. dressed that way all the time. But, but his, yeah, but his clothes were clean and cleaned and pressed, his khaki shirts and all of that stuff, like he's, a, he's yeah. in the war. But yeah. he, does, he hasn't set foot yeah. on the soil to fight. He's out there for photo ops because, look, he's an opportunist. He was a comedian. He knows how to work the cameras, and that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's all true. photo ops. It's optics. That's all it is. He's begging for money, but I think the Ukraine could be used, or there might be some incident today because Biden needs uh, a distraction. Now they're he's touting today. They're going well, you know, amid all the, the stories of classified documents. Biden has some good news for us. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, apparently uh, people have more more money in their pocket because, you know, the consumer index rose and things are cheaper. What the hell store are you shopping at? Where are you buying your gas, Joe? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know? In, in the meantime, people can buy, uh, still can buy uh, infant formula. I mean, they don't talk about that. That's been around. That's a story that's three months old and people are still having problems getting it. Baby formula. And yeah. uh, but it's it's fallen by the wayside. No big deal. Uh, before we leave, uh, Colleen Jean Pierre, she was getting a little testy in her uh, press conference yesterday. Listen, can I just follow up on that? Just, uh, we've all reached out to the Department of Justice. A law enforcement official tells NBC News the Justice Department has not told the White House that it cannot talk about the facts underlying the special counsel investigation into classified documents. So, trusting you've received that same information, understanding the desire to be prudent, then why why can't you speak about the underlying facts? We've been very clear when it comes to even underlying facts, when it comes to specifics, when it comes to something that is under the purview, that is that the Department of Justice is looking at, especially legal matters, investigations, we do not comment from here, Peter. That has been consistent. So We've been that, very Bob consistent. Is- yeah, right. She's been saying that. She said that during the whole press conference. We have nothing to say. I refer you to the Department of Justice. I, de- I all she did was refer everybody to somebody else and didn't answer any of the real important questions. She, yeah, she's, but she's uh, that's doing her job. Yeah, she's de- just de- deflecting, I know. Deflecting, uh, passing the buck on down the line. And, you know, when you get to the, the buck on down the line, they pass it a little bit further, and pretty soon it becomes a full circle, and it makes you the jerk because I'll tell you what, they're, they're playing everybody. They're not giving you the answers that they should give you. Now, something is happening in the world, uh, I think, uh, that we're not seeing behind the scenes. And I'll tell you why. Something very important uh, took place out of the clear blue sky yesterday. Uh, The head of state in New Zealand, her name is um, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Jacinda Ardern. She was, if you don't know who she is, she was... 
the most difficult head of state, I think, in the entire world during the COVID crisis. She would, for example, send the police in to uh, families' homes to collect the children to vaccinate them if the parents didn't want them vaccinated. She did that. She was uh, a real bully. Uh, she also went in front of the United Nations and publicly said with a, a, a smile on her face that for the freedom of speech is a, uh, uh, a terrorist act. Uh, it's a tool of terrorism. That's what she said. A tool of terrorism. Well, anyway, out of the clear blue sky yesterday, here's what she said. I'm entering now my sixth year in office. And for each of these years, I have given my absolute all. I believe that leading a country is the most privileged job anyone could ever have, but also one of the more challenging. You cannot and should not do it unless you have a full tank, plus a bit in reserve for those unexpected challenges. This summer, I had hoped to find a way to prepare not just for another year, but another term, because that is what this year requires. I have not been able to do that. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. This has been the most fulfilling five and a half years of my life. That's Jacinda Ardern, the uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand. And if you, you might have noticed, she was holding back tears. Yeah, yeah that, that is the voice of a person with a gun to their head. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. I'm glad you picked up on that, my friend, because that's exactly what I thought. She didn't want to resign. She was forced to resign. Yeah. And now, why did it come exactly now? What's going on right now? Well, the World Economic Forum is taking place right now. Yeah. Uh, and they, by the way, uh, seem a little uh, concerned about stuff in, uh, in the forum, too. Uh, by the way, Tucker talked about the World Economic Forum yesterday, and he kind of laughed them off like, what a bunch of fools. You know, Elon Musk feels the same way. I think Musk said something along the lines of, uh, uh, when did these guys become the boss of the world? <laughs> that was that was almost a direct quote from Elon Musk. And by the way, but Musk But that's is, been going on for a long time. You know, the, the, there's the... You could look it up, the World Economic Forum. Uh, then you could look up the Bilderbergers. And then Bohemian Grove. Those right. are all meetings of the elite that want to rule and control the world and shape the way we live. What's interesting is uh, people like Trump. Now, Trump did go, by the way, during his presidency. He went to the, uh, the economic forum, economic forum, but he did it for a different reason. I think people said that when he arrived there, everybody felt that this guy was the leader of the free world. He was. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, everybody, everybody knew he was the leader of the free world. And. He, he, I think he, to this day, is still perceived that way. The only people that poo-pooed that were, well, the, the, the critical left and the media that marches to the drumbeat of the left. But I think the, the drumbeat of the left has gotten a little... You know, have you ever seen a platoon marching down, 
you know, the parade sure. route. I've been in them. And you yes. got that one soldier that gets a little bit of uh, out of formation. Out of step. And then yep. you got the guy in the snare drum and it's, he's out of sync. <laughs> yeah, and then the whole damn line falls apart. Yeah, that was well, probably me when I was marching. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever, I, I was never in band, but anybody yeah. in band would go, Oh yeah, I, I remember a time in competition is yep. takes one guy, you know, yep. <laughs> but they're they're all falling apart. Well, and you're right. That's what you're witnessing right now. Yep. Uh, they had um, their conference yesterday. By the way, I think they make a mistake, Bill, when they when they kind of laugh off these people though, because they are rich, many of them are powerful, and they are dangerous. But that being well, said, I want you to hear this is. Uh, this is a guy named Johan Rockström. He's a, a Swedish scientist, and he had the microphone at the World Economic Forum yesterday. Listen to what he said. Dear friends, scientifically, this is not a climate crisis. We are now facing something deeper. Mass extinction, air pollution, undermining ecosystem functions, really putting humanity's future at risk. This is a planetary crisis. This is a safety crisis, but above all, it is also a justice crisis. Many areas in the world are uninhabitable. This uninhabitable zone is increasing. If we continue with our greenhouse gas emissions, then by 2070, as many as 3 billion people will live in uninhabitable zones. I don't want you to think that uh, Johan Rockström all of a sudden changed his voice mid-sentence. <laughs> that was a, an edit point, and he, uh, he was followed up by Professor Joyita Gupta uh, describing you know, the planetary crisis. <laughs> they, they say, we're under crisis. We're going to, we have uninhabitable areas. Where's your damn proof? Show me the proof. You know, somebody said, and this is the truth, somebody said, you know, in Great Britain— we create 2% of the world's carbon emissions problem in Great Britain, which means if our entire island were to sink into the water, nobody would miss what we, <laughs> what we add to the pollution problem. They would miss it, he said. This, and I don't know who the gentleman was. He, they would miss it if uh, people like um, in South America, in third world countries, were to stop their emissions. Because that's where the problem is coming from. It's coming from third world countries. And by the way, they don't give a darn. All they no, care about they is putting give a rat's ass, all they care just about is, like China. All they care about is putting food on the table. Yeah, China is a big pollu a polluter too. Uh way bigger than we are. Yeah, you know, we have cut back on on so much of our pollutant now i'm not saying that we we didn't have a hand in it but do you remember a time in the news what was back in the 70s you could throw a match into lake erie and watch the whole damn thing catch on fire <laughs> i don't i know that that they had a river in cleveland that you could do yeah. that yes that's true all the pollutants that we dumped in it you know there was a time you could go into la you know you'd you'd uh, go down 99 or interstate 10 and You'd come in through the grapevine and drop down. All of a sudden, you'd see all that smoke just <laughs> cloud over, you know, a beautiful yes. city. Yes. It was terrible. But we did clean those things up. We did do the things that we had to do. You're never, Mother Earth pollutes its own self. Oh, you know, you know, I'm, I, you get a little tired hearing these buffoons talk because they're, 
uh, claims are truly unsubstantiated. They're substantiated by other people who believe the same nonsense. But they dismiss, summarily dismiss, the uh, facts that are laid in front of them by other scientists who say, this is ridiculous. This is nonsense. They talk about the population crisis. We talked about this yesterday. If you took all the population of the world and put them shoulder to shoulder, you know, chest to back, uh, you might fill up a medium-sized state in our in our country. That means that there's a lot of open space in this world that we live in, and there's a lot of forest, there's a lot of jungle, and a lot of things that are uh, are uh, we have no control over. You talked about uh, Mother Nature being uh, mm-hmm. one of the biggest pollutants. I mean, Mother Nature made cows, right? Mother Nature made, and this, if you believe in Mother Nature, I believe that God had a lot to do with it. But, I mean, you can call it Mother Nature if you want. And, and um, those cows, uh, they when they have their flatulence, uh, they emit methane. And uh, that, was a, that was a divine plan. That was something that was not uh, thrown together. And uh, they're trying to make an issue out of it. You know, they had a story on Tucker's show last night. So help me God, there is somebody who is, who is trying to get farmers to put diapers on their cows. God's honest truth, Bill. I wouldn't kid you. And they actually went down and did a report, uh, Tucker's program did, uh, uh, from a farm, <laughs> and the farmer said, "You know, I'm not putting a. They want to also put masks. You know, like we wore during COVID. Yeah, they want to put masks on cows too. The thing I remember, and it was AOC was behind it, but back when uh, a lot of those Democrats first got in, and they were talking about cow gas, and they wanted to meter a cow's butt." You know, to to measure the gas because <laughs> that's you know, not my. I don't want that job. No, no, no. Yeah. No. yeah. You know what? Let, let, you know, you got elected to the office. You said it. <laughs> yeah. You stick you it. You do there. it. <laughs> you, you know what they don't realize that if you go into a mine shaft and you go deep enough, you find methane. Oh yeah. That means it's created naturally. Methane is created nat- uh, naturally. Well, you know, you go to the coal mines of West Virginia. Sure. You know what happens when they are done with the mine? They, you know, because they've, they've hollowed out this they hole back, in the ground. They backfill a lot of it, don't they? They fill it up with water, and then they seal it. That's yeah. what they do. Now, you know, if you go to Charleston or Huntington, it's the Kanawha Valley, which is basically Indian for the sick valley. Before they used to do that, the coal there gets wet. There's a lot of water and moisture there. Coal and water makes what? Methane. So well, you got this natural methane gas that emanates from there. You know, it was also known as the chemical valley, but that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. But the point is, it is something that is produced by by the earth naturally. But we think we think we're the God. We think that we know better than God. You know, He created the heavens and the earth, but you know, God, you didn't do such a great job. We can do it better. So say the Democrats. Well, uh, uh, we are living in interesting times. Uh, I love when, that's an old saying, by the way. We live in interesting times. Uh, I, I would have heard say that, that from your great great grandpa. Yeah, I would say that uh, we live in crazy times right now. <laughs> I mean, for peace's sake. Um, another power station. 
Uh, a substation in North Carolina has been damaged, apparently by gunfire. Now, this happened a couple of weeks ago, and it mm-hmm. happened again. And uh, they, had, they had the same thing happen up in Oregon. Uh, so this is happening around the country. And th- there, there are no good answers to this. They haven't found the culprits. So it's still happening. By the way, we have our entire uh, air system uh, dismantled and crippled, and they haven't got a logical reason for that. I'd like to play, if I can, in a second or two, uh, Tucker's uh, explanation of what he thinks right. happened. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, why don't we do that right this very All moment? Right, That's a really interesting story. So five days ago, last Wednesday, the FAA ordered a ground stop on all air travel in the U.S., That meant that not a single commercial or private aircraft was allowed in the skies over this country. That's very serious. Hard to overstate the seriousness of that, actually. The last, the only other time this country has imposed a national ground stop was after 9-11, the terror attacks, 21 years ago. So it's a huge deal. What happened? Why did the government ground all the planes? So people ask, but initially no one seems to know. Pete Buttigieg, who runs the Transportation Department, which oversees the FAA, went on TV to say he was not quite sure And then over the next several hours, a kind of story emerged. The government system that sends messages to pilots called NOTAM had gone down. And then the emergency backup system had also gone down. Now, the FAA claimed it first noticed this on Tuesday night. When the problem could not be fixed, the government issued a ground stop the next morning. That's what Pete Buttigieg said. He described the culprit here as, quote, a damaged database file with no evidence of a cyber attack. So to repeat, said Pete Buttigieg, There was no evidence of a cyber attack. It was just your garden variety software snafu. Some contractor entered the wrong code. No big deal. That's what they said, but it was not a very convincing story if you thought about it. Shutting down all commercial air travel in this country, even for a morning, is a very serious thing to do. U.S. airlines haul close to three quarters of a billion people every year. Air travel is essential. It's also potentially dangerous. So for a lot of reasons, it is imperative that our system works perfectly. But one day, our system just shut down for no real reason. Is that what you're telling us? Yes, explained Pete Buttigieg with a straight face. Now, most people seem to think this was fine. We were not entirely convinced. And then the next day, last Thursday, we noticed that virtually the same thing happened in Canada. Well, that was very strange because the U.S. and Canada have separate aviation authorities. They're different countries, and each country uses its own software to route their planes. The systems are not linked to each other. And yet, 24 hours after our country's NOTAM system went down, Canada's NOTAM system went down also. According to the Canadian government, its system, quote, experienced an outage. Really? What are the odds of that? And then we remembered that on New Year's Day, two weeks ago, something similar happened in the Philippines. Its air traffic control system also went down. For a time, no aircraft were allowed in Philippine airspace. Thousands of flights over Asia had to be rerouted, which is expensive and dangerous, potentially. Now, this was also, they told us at the time, some sort of minor technical problem that we should not worry about. Calm down. Everything's fine. But is everything fine? Or is it possible that somebody is hacking into aviation systems and holding various governments around the world hostage until they pay a ransom? Well, yes, it's entirely possible. In fact, for example, 
In the summer of 2020, UCSF Medical School paid more than a million dollars in Bitcoin, and they paid it in order to get access to their own computers, which had been frozen by hackers. They were held up for ransom. So what if the same people or similar people just did something very much like that to the FAA and then to the government in Canada and also the government of the Philippines? Now, if that were actually happening, the Biden administration would never tell us in a million years. They would lie about it like they lie about everything else. They would have Mayor Pete claim it was a software glitch from a contractor. And they would lie to us because they would not want us to know that they had been so utterly reckless and negligent and distracted by equity concerns that they had allowed some foreign hostile group to take control of our FAA. But the lie could only cover so much because there would be signs of it. Almost all ransoms like this are paid in Bitcoin. So if the US government was buying huge amounts of Bitcoin in order to pay a ransom, Bitcoin prices would surge, of course. So the question is, has that happened? Oh yes, it has happened. Since the nationwide ground stop last Thursday, the price of Bitcoin has shot up about 20%. Is that a coincidence? We asked Pete Buttigieg to come on the show tonight to let us know. Unfortunately, he did not respond to our request, so we'll keep asking. You know, he is right. It does look like somebody manipulated the system, and maybe it is Bitcoin, but maybe there's a different uh, agenda here mm -hmm. because Canada has their own, they privatized their air system. We go under the FAA. Other countries are different things. Is there power to be gained if we take and manipulate each system to show vulnerability so that we can sit there and rewrite that whole thing and put it all under one big global umbrella. I think that, you know, he talks about uh, the Bitcoin holding the countries hostage. I, I believe that uh, there's other things are going on. Maybe they're moving people in and out of our country and they don't want to see that movement uh, show up on any radar systems anywhere. Uh, maybe they're moving people from one part of the country to the other. Could be troops. Uh, I'm yeah. just saying, uh, uh, are there things that are happening other than a ransom situation? You know, I, I think that, uh, we're very easy in this country to, uh, dismiss terrorism almost immediately. Uh, you, you'll notice something will happen. And the first thing out of the, the mouths of the officials in our country is, well, one thing's for sure. We know it wasn't terrorism. And I'm thinking to myself, that ha the event took place half an hour ago. How do you know it wasn't terrorism? But they, they, they want to squelch the idea that uh, a terrorist act happened. I'm saying that, that that event that took place last week with the air system very well could have been uh, not just a, a uh, holding someone ransom or holding a country ransom. It could have been a, the beginning of a terrorist act. You know, it could be tied in, Bill, with those those attacks on the substations in our country. Well, I was just going to say, maybe it's a bigger picture and a bigger plan. You know, we've got um, an air system now that's vulnerable. Yeah. Our power grid is vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, the border is vulnerable. All of these vulnerabilities that are going on, who's going to come to the rescue? I can fix it all. I can fix it all. You know, are we being strung along? I'm not saying that we can't. We ha we can ignore these things. I'm we waiting for I'm waiting things. for a water system to be uh, 
poison. Right. I didn't want to say that because I said that the other day and somebody said, you shouldn't have said that. Yep. You know, where I said, yeah, the water system is vulnerable and it wouldn't take much in a water system in a major city to introduce some kind of element that a, a contagion, a drug. You know, what they might do initially if they if they're if they're holding our country hostage, they may not do a, a deadly poison. They may put something in that makes people sick and then mm-hmm. say, you notice that, you know, uh, uh, this city was, uh, the whole city was sick. Well, that's because we have control of your, your system. We want something from you. We have got to put more security around the most important things in our, in our society. And th- by the way, this goes back to even things like our kids in school. You know, we don't take the right things. We Our priorities are screwed up. You know, we, we God bless us, the Sandy Hook thing was a, a terrible tragedy. And, and the, one of the things that I thought about when that happened was we protect our banks. We protect our banks with guards and, and uh, security systems, and people have guns, and we protect our money, but we don't protect our kids. We have like one security guard in, in, in a school who might be an old fat guy retired from some system and he walks around with maybe an empty gun on his holster and this is the guy who's protecting your kids, maybe? Other schools have nothing. But anyway, it goes back to a lot of things in our country are not uh, are not prioritized properly, you know? Yeah, but you cannot sit there and, and maybe that's why everything is coming forefront. You know, it, it's to keep us jumping around and guessing all the time and unfocused because, uh, you know, we got a problem with the air traffic control. Well, the food chain, you know, the, 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 the supply chain is all screwed up. Hey, there's a Buttigieg story on that, too. If we, um, took, if we took our money that we're throwing at the Ukraines, the billions of billions of dollars, $100 billion, and put it into our our uh, school systems, or if we hardened our electrical grid, or if we protected our water supply with it, we would probably have change from that $100 billion. It's, it's mind-boggling. It irritates me. We should, we, should, we should have had a cake today. We really should have, <laughs> and had a party, because uh, the Democrats did do something what was that, that has though? never been done before. Oh, this Today. is this is going to be good. All right. Uh, Today, all right. They we go? reached the debt ceiling. Are you serious? We can't borrow any more money. That's it. Just so you know, you know, with the debt ceiling. Well, gee, Bella, what are we paying interest a year? Well, last year we paid four hundred seventy-five billion dollars. That's just money paid in interest. Wow. To and- whoever owns the money or says they own the money. And if you remember about the debt system, uh, the, the debt ceiling, rather, they said, oh, we, we'll, we'll reach it in August. We'll reach it in August. And then out of the clear blue sky about a week ago, somebody said, oh, wait a second. Not, it's not going to be August. It's going to be Thursday. <laughs> I mean, and they were lying we go. to us. Today, oh, gosh. today is the day. And you're going, well, what are we going to do about this? Well, uh, you, you, there, there's all kinds of stories, you know, but it all gets down to taxes. And I know Congress is considering going, okay, we're going to change certain things on this level and we're going to institute maybe a consumer good taxes, you know, where you're going to pay on consumer goods. 
up to 30%. <sighs> You've got to pay that debt somehow. Well, and you know what? No matter what they consider and how bad I think it is, and I think it's bad, but, you know, do you cut social programs? Do you cut Medicare? Or do we pay for it somewhere else? You know, I think, you know, when we start paying those taxes, we look at every damn soul that had any vote towards getting us to this debt ceiling early. And over the years, we vote them out of, you know, any kind of power in office ever, ever again. But, you know, they still get to take that money that they stole from you and me and, uh, insider trading and however they got it with them. So if that's you, not right either. If you supported Joe, if you were a Biden supporter, um, let's compare what has happened with Biden uh, as opposed to what happened with Trump. In Trump, we had a solid economy. We were growing. We were becoming more uh, self-sufficient when it came to our energy supplies. We were uh, getting out of wars in a hmm. dignified and responsible way. All these things were happening under Trump, under Biden, almost instantly. We lost the war in Afghanistan. The border is completely porous right now. They tell you that we have the, it's secure, baloney, it's porous. Uh, that's thanks to Joe. Uh, we even have, we had a Republican congressman from Florida, a woman, who's one of the participants in the World Economic Forum. I'll give you an idea mm -hmm. where her head's at, because not everybody on every side is the the person you want. Uh, she says that we should take all the people who came across the border illegally and make it so that they can participate in our country properly, and we should close our border now. Meaning that if we have 15 million illegals here, we should embrace them, make them part of our country, reward them for breaking our laws, which is essentially what they have done, and we should go on with the the, the work of our country. I don't believe that's the case. You don't reward somebody for breaking the rules. And well, who, what, no, you don't. But unfortunately, we created that. Uh, we created this crisis. You know, we had we had an idiot, and well, we still have the idiot in the office that opened up the borders and invited these people to come here, and they yeah. they are still coming in droves. So, if they had an invitation to the party, you know, then what do we do about hey, that? They, I, because I, Somebody said, do you believe that you were invited to the United States? And one of the illegals said, and I saw this on in an interview, yes, President Biden said, come. It's okay now. Come. So we're coming. They, and they he did. He did say that. Yes, he did. He, so the real answer to the question is that the people that are here probably do get to stay, but they got to be vetted. Now, if they're criminals— and they came across, that means they did come across still illegally. They get to go back home with a boot, you know, and just get them out of here because, and you see it in these newsreels all the time, not on TV, usually on the interweb where, you know, you see some old guy walking along and some guys running up and they're, they're illegal aliens that are there. And they push him down, they hit him, and then they kick him, kick him, kick him, kick him, and he's either maimed for life or dead, or she. Uh, you know, they're they're doing that, and they're not even robbing the person; they're just doing it violently because they hate you, they hate you, they hate me, they hate us. So, yeah. 
You know, you know what you do with a person that hates you? You hate them out of the country. Yeah. You know, say, take your hate and go back home. Well, we throw them out. And then I'm, the people that I'm did come here by invitation are good. Then we have to work with them. I'm concerned about the gotaways. The gotaways. Because they admit for everyone that they capture, there are maybe a couple of people who just sneak across the border and disappear. They melt into the system. You wonder where those people are and what they're doing. So if they admit to having, let's say, uh, 10 million illegals in the country, we probably have maybe, 30. I was going to say, 30 million people in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is interesting. I don't know if you heard this or not. You know, uh, we live in a very woke society right now. Uh, things are changing. Really? Oh, uh, it's amazing. I, I uh, didn't notice. You know, hockey is one of the toughest sports uh, in our society. Hockey. It's just, mm -hmm. it's brutal. I love it. I love to watch the game. It's fast. The guys uh, play with a great deal of skill. They're really amazing, especially when they reach the NHL. They've gone mm -hmm. through a lot to get there. Up until recently, the NHL has stayed out of politics, but they got a clown who's the uh, president of the NHL, and unlike the owners, unlike the players, he wants it to be a woke system. He wants to. So they had uh, a pride night at uh, the Flyers a night before last. Philadelphia Flyers, the Broad Street Bullies, as they were called. They got that name because they were a rough-and-tumble fighting gang of, of guys uh, who uh, liked to get into a, uh, an occasional altercation on the oh, ice. Yeah. So he had a pride night in Philadelphia, and they had like a, you know, the pride colors on the flag are uh, yellow and red and blue. I don't know the colors, but yeah, I've yeah. seen the flag, yeah. Well, they had... Their sticks were taped up in that color. The the players, you know, they had pride uh, jerseys. They only wore these during uh, practice, just before the game. And what they were mm -hmm. going to do was, after they did their practice before the game started, when they changed into the regular uniform, they would then auction off the shirts, these pride shirts, to people in the audience. But one of the players, a really talented hockey player, a gentleman by the name of uh, Ivan. Provorov, Ivan Provorov, you would think by the way that he was uh, Russian, right out of old country, but actually uh, he sounds like he was brought up in the United States, but Provorov didn't participate in that whole thing. He just didn't right. participate. He, he, what he did is he didn't go out and skate during practice. He didn't want to be involved in it. And the media went bananas. They they couldn't believe that he wouldn't go out and wear a pride uh, jersey with the other players. And uh, here, here's what he said. Listen. Everybody, and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. Just, uh, Can you just kind of find out? Hmm? If I keep my fire religion. Russian Orthodox. So with the game tonight, Ivan, um, obviously Kevin Hughes had a hat trick and uh, Erasmus's first goal of the season. Can you walk us through the emotion that the team is feeling? So anyway, he, yeah. you can hardly hear what she says, but what what he said was, uh, I'm staying uh, faith, faithful to myself and to my religion. That was it. He says, I, I, you can do whatever you want to do. I respect other people's uh, right to do what they want to do and participate in what they want to participate in. But uh, as for me, uh, I'm holding true to my myself 
and to my religion. They said, well, what religion is that? He said, Russian Orthodox. And you have to admire somebody who has the courage to do something like that. But immediately, instead of, instead of the media saying, good for you, he's standing by his convictions, he's not denying somebody their right to do what they want to do, he is just being true to himself. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, instead of them saying, good for you, they criticizing him. ESPN had a one of their anchors, you know, oh, why didn't he participate in this? It was a team thing, a team event, and uh, is he a homophobe and all of this stuff? I'd like you to say something like that to him personally, because by the way, he he's, he looks like a pretty tough tough kid. Um, but I I think it's just because of what he said. He he was being honest to himself, his beliefs, and his religion. There is nothing wrong if you're straight heterosexual to come come forward and say I'm straight, I'm heterosexual. Just like if somebody is going. You know, and we shouldn't poo-poo somebody that 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 feels that they are gay. If that is how they Absolutely. feel, yep. then you know what? I may not understand it, but you have that right, and I need to respect that right. Now, what you don't have a right to do, and I don't have a right to do, is to sit there and put myself in a position to dictate how you feel right. and how you will think and what you will do. And, you know... All right, you got your gay pride flag. A flag. Where's my straight pride flag? No, you can't have. Oh, that. we don't have one. No, no, no. You know no. Why? We don't need one, and you don't need one either. They don't even want to have the police flag that we talked about yesterday. The other side, the woke side, doesn't want you to have uh, a blue and white flag that supports the uh, the men and women in blue. No, no, you can't do that. Now, the pride flag, they can hang it from buildings in New York. That's not a problem. Yeah. And by the way, that's okay. You can do what you want to do. It's your building. That's fine. But don't turn around and say, see, what Provorov is saying is if I put that shirt on, what I, if I put that jersey on, it is an endorsement by me of this, of this lifestyle, which I personally don't believe in. That's what he's saying. Right. I'm, I'm trying to tell he doesn't believe it's a lifestyle he can endorse because it goes against the tenets of his faith. Okay, he should have the right. He should have the right to say, "No, I'm not participating," and people should just accept his choice. But no, you know, in in reality, if he were to sit there and say, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do my hockey stick," what's it going to do? Isn't he making fun of his own religion and faith? Then, well, he's making light of it. I don't know. If he's making fun of it. Yeah, but he's well, making light, making of, it. light he's, of it. He's trivializing it. He's trivializing it. Yeah. Yeah. I could draw an analogy and maybe I'm totally off, you know, but it's almost like the old, you know, back in the, back when they didn't have actors of color, they would do what was called blackface. Sure. Al Jolson, right? 1927 jazz singer. Right. Yeah. And then later on, it became kind of like uh, making light of it. Yeah. And now that's a big racial thing. You know, it's an insult. Well, isn't it kind of the same thing in a roundabout way? Well, you know, you're, 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 you're being something you're not be true to yourself, be true to who you are. And I, you know, I'm not encouraging black facing or white facing or anything. I'm just saying, be you, be the best you, you can be. If you're gay, you be the best person. But see in our society, this woke society, 
They don't want you to have a choice like that. They want you to either do what they tell you is the right thing to do or catch hell for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, there's no middle ground here. There's no your choice versus my choice. It's like the woke side says you you got to wear this uh, uh, this uniform. You've got to go out on the ice with the other guys. You've got to show a support. Uh, even if you don't feel supportive, you've got to go out and do this because that is what we're telling you to do. And what he's saying right. is, no, no, I don't do that. Uh, I don't do that because I don't believe that it's the proper choice for me and it's against the tenets of my faith, period. Right. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, Bill, this woke stuff is going to kill our society. It's going to kill our society because a lot of young people don't know that in a healthy society, people have a choice. In a healthy society, people have a choice. You know, we're, we're diluting society, we're homogenizing it, and it's wrong. It is. It is absolutely wrong. I was thinking before the show started this morning as I was preparing my stuff, I was thinking, mm -hmm. you know, um, the difference between now and the Revolutionary War of 1776 is that the people back then were a heck of a lot tougher. They were tough. I mean, they were farmers, yeah. they were people who... They, they made their own way. They, uh, they toiled in the fields, for example, and they, they moved rocks and made stone walls, and they, they did all the hard work. They were used to, to being people of strength. And now I'm afraid in this woke society, thanks to the media, God forgive me, I was in the media for a long time, but it wasn't like it is now. This is not the same media that uh, we were in young, as, as younger men. Uh, these are uh, people who are shoving an agenda down the, the throats of our society. And, yeah. and it's a damn shame because these people are weaker. The young people today, if they had to go into a revolutionary situation, do you think they'd have enough courage and enough strength to do so? I don't think so. I think they're a bunch of wusses. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I, I say I love them, you know, I yeah. wish, but I, I don't think that they have the intestinal fortitude to stand up for what is right in our society because, Oh, it's not right. And Oh, I don't want to, do I have to leave my video game or, I mean, Hey, yeah. Anyway, Bill, yeah, it's crazy. We have done it again. Another show, uh, in the can, we should point out by the way that, uh, uh, we have a number that people can reach us at. Uh, it's important that they have this number because... Hey, man, you got a number, man? We got that You're number. You're not sharing the number? Hey, hey Cheech and Chong. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> uh, our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. If you are a listener and you want to add a comment, you can call it. Uh, it's a... It, essentially, it's an answering machine. You can say, hey, Jim and Bill, I like what you said about so-and-so, but I think you're wrong here. Whatever, you can you can add that. And if it's a really good comment, we might even include you on our show. Also, if you want to advertise on the program, we're considering uh, some uh, accounts and some advertisers, and it might be you. We reach uh, we reach a lot of people around the world, okay? I, I mean, the, the figures are astronomical. Uh, you can uh, contact us at 833-538-7868. There's also mail at uh, crnamerica.com. Mm -hmm. That's our streaming link. And then there's mail at c, uh, make that uh, mail at it's another day. 
Streamingdebate.com. I was getting the two backwards. Okay, I got a question for you. For the people out there who don't know what a streaming link is, could you explain to them what uh, CRN America is, Mr. Knight? Well, you know, if you ever uh, grew up with a pocket radio and you turned it on and you heard music playing back-to-back and people talking? Yes. And that's that's essentially a, a live stream over uh-huh. the airwaves. Well, we have a stream over the Internet. Same type of thing. The only difference is uh, we use the Internet to go global. So, and so, so what you're you saying, CR in America. So what you're saying is that if you download the podcast, you hear the whole thing from beginning to end. But right. if you go to the stream... You'll actually join it in progress at some point with, um, and I guess you have multiple shows airing on. This yeah, I think we I think we air a week's worth of shows back to back to back, and then it recycles and then goes back to back to back. Every day we take out the oldest show, put in the newest one, so we keep it fresh. And you will notice if you listen to a couple of shows, uh, I never really noticed it. I thought each day is a new and it is a new, but it's a different take in the cycle of the news, which a lot of times it's the same story right. or stories, but there's a new caveat to the yes. story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you get it and it's, you get it chronologically in order. They're all kind of relevant. They all kind yeah. of run together. It's really they interesting. Link. Yeah. It's what's interesting is, I mean, Bill and I do the show, and sometimes I'll turn CRN America on, and I find myself listening as a listener, and it's a whole different feeling. It, yeah, it's it like is. I'm you can put to- it on in the background yeah. and hear it, and you know, yeah, you'll go, oh yeah, they talked about this the other day, but it's not us reading a script. That's one thing we don't do. We don't script. Nope. I got notes here. You print off your things. My printer died, and I just haven't replaced it. But <laughs> I, I, I do what I used to do, and that's just write down notes. Basically, one, two, three sentences. So uh, I know what the story is because it's really not what somebody else wrote. It's what we think. It's our What's interesting is that you do this for a while, too. A lot of it is just off the top of our head because we've been students of the uh, news for quite some time now. There have been times we've come in, we get up, and we discuss for about 15 minutes what, you know, just what we've noticed about things. But we're going like, man, the internet's down here. Yeah, you too, huh? And then we're sitting there going, well, what do you got? Well, I didn't get anything. <laughs> well, should we do this thing? Yeah, we do. And then we come back and we go, because we had to <laughs> dig into the recesses of our brains. Yes. It, yeah, it, it, it ends up being a good show because you're that fly on the wall listening to the conversation. And if you've... Uh, Never wanted to be a fly on the wall. Well, uh, we're the anointment for it. Well, speaking of flies on the wall, we've got a fly right now because we've we've done another show and we're running a a little overtime. But uh, have yourself a good day, my friend, and I'll uh, see you tomorrow morning. We'll do it again. I'm going to buzz on out of here. I smell some more news. (laughs) See you later. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. 
seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?